0: Hello and welcome to The Intelligence from The Economist. It's been 10 months since Russia invaded Ukraine. On the 24th of February, Russian forces crossed the borders around the country and sent tanks, troops, helicopters, and planes to subdue a country. They aimed to reach the capital, Kyiv, in days, storm the government, and take out Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky. Yet, they never reached him, and he never fled. Instead, 38 hours into the invasion, he took a camera, walked into a famous central street in Kyiv, and held it selfie-style, recording the first address to his people and the world after the invasion. We are here, he said. We defend our independence. This is how it will be from now on.
2: Ten
0: months of grinding war later, Russia still occupies parts of the country, and the cold weather has slowed both armies. Yet Mr Zelensky has not stopped putting out his message that Ukraine remains Ukrainian. In hundreds of speeches and addresses since, that message has only become clearer.
2: Greetings, Glastonbury. The most terrible has happened. Russia has stolen our peace. українці. Провів чергове засідання Став. Russia started the war against freedom as it is. This is only the beginning for Russia on the Ukrainian land.
0: And yesterday, perhaps among the most significant of them, Mr. Zelensky addressed America's Congress in person. It's the first time, as far as we know, that he's left his country since the war began.
2: The battle is not only for life, freedom, and security of Ukrainians, or any other nation which Russia attempts to conquer. This struggle will define in what world our children and grandchildren will live, and then their children and grandchildren. It will define whether it will be a democracy of Ukrainians, And for Americans, for all.
0: Back in March, our editor in chief, Zanny Minton-Beddows, traveled with our Russia editor, Arkady Ostrovsky, to Kiev, where they were the first Western journalists to meet with President Zelensky after the outbreak of war.
2: You know, it's not about I'm brave or or not, it's it's like I have to do this way.
0: Now the conflict has shifted. Victory for Ukraine feels closer. And for today's special episode of The Intelligence, Arkady was invited back again.
3: I remember very well last time when I visited Kiev. It was back at the end of March. Russian troops were still around the city. The city had almost kind of like a smog of fear hanging over it. There was anxiety. And the city was empty, of course. Most people were gone at that point, evacuated to other parts of Ukraine. Curfew was at seven o'clock. This time I travelled to Kiev Central Station from Warsaw. The atmosphere was very different. The city has got used to the war. It's full of people. The city is bustling. The only thing which is very noticeable, obviously, is that most of the city is dark from the moment the sun sets because of the Russian attacks on electricity infrastructure. One place that never goes dark, one place that remains always light, warm, full of people and completely calm, is the Kyiv railway station. So I'm standing in the middle of Kyiv railway station and there is a departure board just by the very grand, granite, all Soviet staircase. And it's a very interesting departure board. It lists the routes, which are not yet in operation at the moment. And they're marked in green. For example, there is a train from Kyiv to Simferopol. That's the capital of Crimea. There is a train from Kyiv to Luhansk, and this of course, notional. This is from Kyiv to the places which are under Russian occupation. There is one line, however, which is now in white. It's on track two, train 102. And it says, Kyiv to Kherson, departure 1638. And my understanding, and this train is actually now running. Ukraine has just liberated Kherson, a very important city in the south. It's gained quite a lot of land back since March. Since I last saw President Zelensky, Russians are no longer around Kyiv. A lot of the territory has been liberated. There is still a lot more to do. The military are by no means triumphant, but there is a sense of confidence that this country can actually do it. And this difference also showed in the circumstances in which I met President Zelensky this time. And Zelensky, now greeted me in his proper office. It's a very ornate, quite lavish office as befits a country of 40 million people with, with long history. And he looked different as well. Some of the adrenaline, I think, and the sense of emergency, which was clearly there when we met him in March, is gone. On the one hand, he is much more tired. You can tell how much this war has taken out of him. He's aged. He is really quite exhausted, but in good spirit. I greeted him in Ukrainian, the best Ukrainian I could master, and I was very flattered he complimented in me on my very limited Ukrainian. And one thing, as we sat down at his desk, he was completely at ease, as he always is. I've noticed that on, his, on the side of his desk, there was a stack of books. I so, can see a book on your desk, and it's yeah. Hitler and Stalin.
2: Yeah, Lawrence Ries. Is
3: that what you're reading at the moment?
2: I read two books.
3: Can I have a... Oh, you can, so you have...
2: For fun, for fun.
3: You, have, uh, <laughs> you have George Orwell. Orwell.
2: And, um,
3: and you have the volume Roshewski. by Mikhail Grushevsky. Yes. Uh, Na naroda, uh, uh, And this, you have a book.
2: And this is I'm Here. Almost half of the book I read. Stalin and uh, Hitler the 2 Svend Lorenzo. I'm gonna read it. You, you have to. I'm going to read it. The second one I, I didn't start yet. I love to read three, four books parallel. You find time to read books. That's no, amazing. Sometimes. Я читаю ранку. When I wake up in the morning, early in the morning, I also have sunglasses. And early in the morning at 6 o'clock, I, want, I, I sometimes I, I read not, not too much, don't have much time.
3: This is not light reading. This are obviously heavy books, both in weight and in substance. The fact that Zelensky actually completely retains also his lightness of touch and his sense of humor, I think also came through in our conversation. Never mind. So we're here. You are welcome. Thank you. It's been eight months since I saw you last, and a lot has changed. How are you feeling,
2: Yakvi? And it's not just a polite question. Why? Like Sometimes really we need just polite questions. <laughs> really?
3: The President switches frequently during our chat between English and Ukrainian, and we've had someone translate and voice his Ukrainian words into English.
2: I don't
1: suffer from split personality, so I feel
2: normal. There
1: are some challenges. It is very painful, really painful for the people. Everyday people have to deal with challenges. Lights, energy, and there are many things.
2: When
3: I ask you how you are, we're sitting in a different office now. We're not in the situation room. It's well lit. And you're not wearing your hockey, famous hockey t shirt that's become the icon. You're wearing a fleece saying, I'm Ukrainian. This looks much more peaceful. What does that
2: tell us? Is life getting more normal? No, no, I, I have my green. Okay, <laughs> it please. was a little bit cold for me. Now it's hotter, much hotter for, for, for now, but it, it was really very cold from the morning. So that means, I, I mean that you want to hear that it's more peaceful today in Ukraine. No, we've got differentiation of the war. Maybe if I can use such word in South, somewhere in Azov region, occupied territory, in some villages, in Zaporozhye, there was nothing in occupied, electricity, water, nothing, and in Kherson, the situation is where where people so happy that we came, that we deoccupied it already, but on the other bank of the Dnipro, so they, they used artillery to Kherson, to that people whom Yesterday, yesterday they said that we are one people. So, and in Kiev, not so dangerous, but they begin to use rockets. Yes, after occupation began. drones, Iranian, exactly. So I, I can't, I can't uh, compare the situation which was and which we have.
3: So we moved ten months into the war. Yeah. Uh, you've written a book, a message from Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky. The proceeds from this book go to United24, which is a Ukrainian government foundation which collects money from volunteers around the world. It's your book of speeches. You wrote an introduction. I was honored to write a preface. When was the first time you realized that what you're saying really mattered? Words are really,
2: really important.
1: I think it was before the war and even before the presidency. I always believe that a word, clearly, is a weapon. A word is a weapon that can be used preventatively. And on the way to a big war, you can always try to resolve the conflict in a dialogue, And that is why it's very important.
2: That's
1: important. But but we must understand what in our case and in my life as a president was played a big positive
2: role.
1: Not even big, but positive from the point of bringing people together from different parts. And I think one of such moments was when I appealed to our people in order to get through the disinformation spreading on the first day but we are not there, that we run away. It was not a speech, it was my short address that we are here, that we are not going anywhere, and we will be here until the end. This moment had a special effect on uniting people on their faith. Because in war, every person needs some kind of a magnet, a magnet around whom you can unite to be strong. It seems to me that it was a such a moment. Mm.
3: I think this was the most important moment of the war. In some ways, everything rested on that moment. I remember the, both of those videos. The first one on the in the evening of the 24th, when you came out with Yermak, with mm. Padalecki, with everybody saying Yatu. Всем добрый вечер.
2: Лидер фракции тут, глава офиса президента тут, премьер тут, тут, президент тут. тут, наши
3: And then again in the morning after you've survived that day. And by that time we already knew you've also spoken to the Americans you've said this iconic phrase: I need ammo, not a ride.
2: You came out with a selfie camera. You stood oh, really, outside the it, office. It, 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 I'm sorry for interrupting. I, I didn't remember at what time I, uh, I had phone call with President Biden. And then we checked it, yes, and saw that President Biden was the first. Really, he was the first president with whom I had phone call. And then you came out yeah. with a camera. I
3: mean, how conscious were you what you were doing in a sense that... You know, there are cameras now standing here. You could have had anything, but you came out with a phone and you held it yourself. And it was a social media, kind of short, 32 seconds. Everything rested in that moment. Why? How did you decide to do that?
2: My feeling. That's it. The uh, Ukrainian intuition should...
1: What we need now. You know, it's like a parent, when something happens to a child away from the parents, but the parents for some reason wake up and feel that something has happened. You don't know what. But it is not right. You have to call straight away and find your child and do it. That's why it was the same feeling that we need now. We need something now because these missiles must be responded to, and we will respond. And we need to respond with every weapon, something like that.
3: Zelensky's ability to draw in his personal audience is incredible. He's done it in Ukraine, and since the start of the war, he's been doing it across the world. In March, he became the first foreign leader to address Britain's House of Commons.
4: Mr. Speaker, ladies and gentlemen, I'm addressing all the people of the United Kingdom.
3: It was repeated in the US Congress.
1: Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Slava Ukraina! and
3: to more than 20 other parliaments around the world. President
0: goring
1: Eckert,
0: Kanzler
3: And he's even spoken at festivals and award ceremonies, including Cannes Film Festival. The president Ukrainian, Volodymyr Zelensky. <laughs> and his speeches, of course, have been a late motive of this war. These are the speeches which really... ...put Ukraine on the map, not just the physical map, but the mental map.
2: A crime has been committed against Ukraine, and we demand just punishment. The crime was committed against our state borders. The crime was committed against the lives of our people.
3: His words resonate because he speaks with enough moral clarity, empathy and force... ...that it left few people indifferent, and it also drew them in just like a good actor draws the audience into his performance. How important was your acting experience? I mean, actually, the first time we met before the war, you and I actually talked about theatre. I don't know whether you (laughs) remember. Yes, I remember. I remember, yeah. How important was your acting experience, uh, film experience, in everything that you've done and you've addressed
2: I I think all this experience is important. Of course, it's big practice what I had in previous my life. (laughs) So yes, all of us have have some lives. So I mean that. Of course, practice. Of course, not not to be afraid because you know there there are so many people there. Very. In in life they are brave brave people, but when they see camera, something happens. Yes, it, it's okay. I think it's nervous situation just for people. But really, what about acting? My attitude always was when I produced some movies. So acting without acting—that is my attitude to this great profession. Yes, acting without acting because people have not to watch. Not to watch movie, to believe that you are now a part of this real story, real comedy or tragic moments, it doesn't matter. To believe, how to believe, not to act. That's it.
3: One of the most striking things you've said when we first spoke during the war, and the one that stuck in my mind and which in fact shaped our description of how Ukraine's been doing is that what matters to you is human life. The saving lives is the most important. I asked you at the time, what's victory? And your answer was saving as many lives as possible because territory, land is good, but it's just territory. Without people, it means nothing. Then on the 24th of August, you gave a speech on the Independence Day and saying, Ukraine, we're no longer interested just in peace, we're now interested in victory.
2: Ukraine, How is your
3: sense of victory changed? And
1: what is it now? Honestly speaking, my attitude towards people has no changed at all. On the contrary, I believe that this is one of the real treasures of Ukraine. And the fact that the people stood it united, it shows that these people have a simple truth, meaning, and it is in their family, in their land, in their flag.
2: They can't live without, you know, without these very warm, important things family, children, about land, about their houses. So all of this is a part of of, of the people, very important. And
1: people don't want to change that. And they don't want to change their identity. And we are defending it. Therefore, a victory is when a person is alive and he or she has retained all of this. You can tell them, listen, there is something with your anthem, your flag or your language. You can choose what you want. It's your right. Choose what you want, but don't choose for me. But you have very hard decision to make now.
3: As, as the winter comes, as the war slows down, as your allies start wondering what, where is it all going, where does it end, where is victory, et cetera. And you are now in the position of making a strategic choice of either carrying on, and you've been talking about the borders of 1991, or saving lives and and saying, no, actually, this will be just, the prices will be just too high depending on what you decide now, will
1: determine the outcome of this war? Nobody knows for sure what will happen tomorrow. Nobody knows what to expect from Russia under this military political
2: leadership. In
1: this war, it is philosophically important to go to our borders from 1991. It is important for the world because it is the result of the fact that no matter who is where tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, a month, remember what will happen. People will unite, the whole world will unite against one aggression. No matter how big it is, it will lose.
3: I think this is a very important message for Vladimir Zelensky. He says he can't just give up on the territory, including the one that Russia grabbed before 2014, which includes, of course, Crimea and Eastern Donbass. He insists that Ukraine has to go all the way back to the borders of 1991, when it became an independent state. And it's not just obsession with land for him. I think it's to do with what constitutes today Ukrainian identity and how much that identity is now tied to land. He also knows that if Russia is allowed to freeze this conflict, as it did in 2014 after annexing Crimea and taking Donbass, it will only be the matter of time before it gathers more resources, more strength and reattacks again. There is no line that can be drawn now, which will make the rest of Ukraine secure. And to him, bringing peace and ending the war is key. And just as I asked him in March what constitutes victory, I think he is just as clear now. It's retaining what Ukraine is. It's retaining its way of life, which are now also means getting land back.
1: We are not at war with Russia. Russia is at war with us on our territory. They have to withdraw.
3: And I think this is where land and identity actually come now together. All they want is their land back. Because as Zelensky said, it's not Ukraine that attacked Russia and fighting with Russia. It's Russia that attacked Ukraine and fighting with Ukrainians on their own territory.
1: How is it now? Say okay? Let's stop and wait take Donbass, the south of our country, or part of it, and Crimea remains with them. Why? Because it is time to do so, and you should? We'll not be able to. No one will forgive it.
2: But how many lives are you going to lose?
1: We are not losing people. You have to understand. Russia came... And they are killing our people. Putin takes people from both sides. He takes our people and sends his citizens to get killed. How many is he ready for? If he now withdraws to the nineteen ninety-one borders, when the possible path of diplomats will begin. That is, who can really turn the war from the military path to a diplomatic one. Only he can do it. Do you
3: think the Ukrainian people now understand it? Do you understand that in order, that in a way your, call it mission, your job, whatever, is to finish fascism? That it's not just about territory, it is about fascism. And that unless it's defeated militarily, it will come back that's what i was asking before and how do you balance it with people ukrainians who i talk to and saying we will liberate our territory they can go and live wherever they want to live you know the russians but we want our children back because life for ukrainians is the most important thing yeah. and where is that balance between the idea that you have to defeat this dark force on the one hand on the other People want their children back in Ukraine. How do you balance those big geopolitical ideas and strategy with the fact that people want their children I, back? I, because I don't need to balance with
2: Russians. I don't no, know. no, for Ukrainians. I mean, how do you balance that? Anyway, we, 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 don't, we don't, for today, we don't need it because you know that not more than 90, 95 or 96% of people want to deoccupate all their territory after, after. Russian did it. I think the most big mistake, or the big mistake was on, on on 2014. But the biggest mistake, the tragedy was on 24th of February. Because that is the point when nobody wants to come back to any compromises. The mistake of all the country, of all the people, because they gave him possibility. Because he knows his audience. He knew that if society of Russia will not support him, he will not go. He prepared a long, long time. He prepared audience, prepared Russians for this full-scale invasion. Is he brave? No, because he afraid of all his society.
4: Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.
3: One could go as far as to call this war a war of words. Because propaganda machine is very powerful on the Russian side. In fact, this war could not have been waged by Putin without his control over Russian television and the media. Zelensky has a very different mode of delivering his message and a very different way of speaking to his people. Putin, of course, speaks to them from the screen of the television, telling them what to do, telling them to go to war, completely wrapping them in propaganda. It is effective. It's effective for a part of Russian society, particularly the older part of the demographic, people over the age of 55, 60, who succumb and watch television. Vladimir Zelensky uses a very different method. He understands that he needs to talk to people as equals. He is people's man. He's everyone's man. And this has been incredibly effective. And he's actually managed to beat Russia at its propaganda a lot of the time. I think we hear his voice. Partly or largely because he's actually telling the truth. Unlike Putin, whose whole war is based on lie and falsehood. You've given thousands of speeches. You've given thousands of speeches. And each speech has been, you know, people listen, you got the attention. And you're speaking not just to the governments. You're speaking to nations. But after 10 months of the war, it must be quite hard to find new words. How do you find new words?
2: I'm not finding eh? <laughs> it. Uh,
1: How do you keep words it? Words, you want to convey the meaning. Unfortunately, these words are a form of expression of emotions or thoughts. I say, unfortunately, because the real war prompts these words. You cannot invent such stories. They seized a nuclear power plant. His logic is simply, I don't want it to work. I don't want anybody to have light. It is a terrorist logic.
3: But t- you t- are, t- you're, only, you're only human you are a human being yeah, yeah. and and you i don't are, want to change <laughs> and we don't want you to change but <laughs> yeah you are probably the most recognized politician in the world you're certainly the biggest celebrity in the world there are hollywood actors coming here sean pan this with that. oscar With Oscar. With Oscar. I
2: I knew I had. So you now got an Oscar. That's fantastic. And I'm sure you have. But I will bring him back. Yes, I told him that after the victory, I will come back and bring him. How do you keep saying? How do you control your own ego?
3: How do you say, it's not
2: just me? Because It's it's not interesting. It's not interesting to be, you know, very popular and have so power to... It's not interesting. It's not funny. <laughs> is
3: acting more interesting? Is theater film more? No,
2: no. Interesting film acting is not interesting at all now and I'm not thinking about it. I don't know if it's will be in my life. I don't know. I don't really know. But interesting is to help and is to, to join even that leaders who never who never helped Ukraine and that is interesting. It's not a funny story. That is Tragedy again. I, I repeat that is the war, but it's interesting to explain the world, what's going on in the world, <laughs> not you... only in their places or in their warm houses. So the world is much much bigger. What do you want to do after the war? Oh, well, I, I I don't know. Ah, huh? I wanted really yes to to swim. <laughs> I want to see. <laughs> really, I want to go and to see the sea. The last question. In Crimea, it's coming. In it's Crimea. Coming to... I really want in Crimea. So I, in Hir, in, in I really, in, but in Kherson, I love the sea in Kherson. <laughs> so we, this is
3: podcast. This is new. This is not yeah, the camera. So we're just coming to, this is coming to Christmas. You've given a lot of speeches. I'm sorry to ask you that. What do you want to say to people at Christmas? You, you have a chance now to talk to 5 million people. Um, your book, as some English journalist said, should be under every Christmas tree. Um, what's your wish and
2: what do you want to wish people? People. What do you want to, to say? Sa- save your love. Save your love. Your love is your neighbours, your relatives, your, your parents, your children. Uh, your your nation, that is what we love. You you so, some people love you know their hobby, their work, their job. Save save it because I think life consists of of so so lovely, pretty things. And I think that is the meaning, the the main meaning of the life, not you know not to change, uh, life, in other people. I don't know how to say it in English, sorry, Uh, I mean, that's… to
1: help and bring colors to someone's life, not to worsen and not to be a burden for someone. They say that every person has a mission. It seems to me that the greatest mission in the world is not to disturb others, I think so, but to help. After 10 months of the war, you have love and not hate?
2: I have love. And I have hate, I told you, to whom I have. I have so big heart, so you see how much hate I have to somebody.
3: (laughs) So in one way, you could say Ukraine has already won. Ukraine already achieved probably the most important thing. It has become a true nation. People have come together as they never done before. They showed more courage and more agency. This country cannot be subjugated anymore. It's not about military. It's about spirits. It's about the power, intellect and consciousness. And militarily, of course, in some ways Ukraine has turned the corner. It has liberated territory. It fended off Russian attacks around Kyiv, has driven Russians out of Kharkiv. But neither Zelensky nor his generals are in the least triumphant. They know this is going to be a very hard winter. They know this is going to be a very long war because Vladimir Putin is not going to stop because it's not about territory. It's about the existence of Ukraine. And our future, the future of liberal democracies in Europe, all the things that we hold dear in terms of values, are now being fought over on the eastern front of Ukraine. So this is a train, track number one, train 111, Kyiv to Primocha, Kyiv to victory, arrival 2022. Might be a little late, few weeks, months. Let's hope it's not years that's late. That will be the most welcome train, I think, in Ukraine, from Kyiv to victory.